All right, and we are rolling once again, Brother Kevin. We are back. And today we have a really kind of a different format for our episode. We're discussing the year. We're looking at the year in review, looking back on what we've talked about this year, what it has meant to us, um, how some of our perspectives may have changed in one way or another. Um, just it, It's just going to be kind of a loose flowing conversation. For our listeners, usually to give you a window into how this works, Kevin and I will will text back and forth. We'll talk to each other on the phone. We'll come up with an idea or a topic. We'll kind of flesh out the points, and then we will create an outline. Usually, Kevin will create the outline, and I'll contribute to it. Sometimes I'll create the outline, and Kevin contributes to it, and then we get the outline together. And usually, it's a you know a couple of pages of different points that we want to make and things we want to make sure we get to, and then we go with it. This outline for this episode is five points on literally a quarter of a page. It's, so it's pretty much going to be an extemporaneous conversation. Just it should only loose. be three to four hours instead of eight or nine hours. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Brother, this has been a fun year, and it all started back in April whenever you approached me about, hey, let's do a podcast together. What, what would you think about doing that? And I was like, well, yeah, it sounds good to me. I had a previous podcast a couple of years before that, and you had come on and we had had a really good discussion. It was right after you wrote your book about legalism. And we talked about that and had a good time and you reached out to me and I was like, well, yeah, we can do it. And this podcast, it has, I really think it's exceeded both of our expectations as to what it could be. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And it's been really helpful just for me and my own spirituality, man. I, I've being able to have an outlet like this because I love writing, but also like talking as you can tell. And I love just <laughs> being able to, to come on here and just talk, just be ourselves to discuss Bible topics. And we, we hope it's been beneficial to people and we cannot wait to continue doing this. Yeah. We have big plans for 2021. I'm hoping that, you know, our proverbially speaking and to borrow a metaphor that doesn't fit perfectly, but still gets the idea across. I hope our eyes aren't bigger than our stomachs on this because we have some big ideas in place or some big ideas in mind that we'd like to put in place. And we'll just have to see kind of how the year rolls out. But we have a lot of things that we're wanting to do with this to take it further and to hopefully reach more people and be more effective and to help more people navigate faith, because that's what this is all about. You know, we, we decided on the title of our podcast, Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace, because Kevin and I found ourselves more or less stagnating in a lot of the other positions that we held in a lot of the places that we were, we weren't really able to explore faith. We weren't able to ask those tough questions. And we found that there were a lot of other people that had the same questions or the same concerns that we had. They weren't able to do it. And what we have come to realize, or I don't want to speak for you. What I have come to realize is that exploring faith and exploring what you believe and thinking about what you believe and why you believe it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing. It's a very healthy thing. But within all of that, it needs to be in the pursuit of grace. And so often we explore faith in the pursuit of a deeper sense of certainty to more or less confirm and reconfirm and reaffirm what we believe and why we believe it so that we can win more arguments instead of growing in the grace and knowledge of the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and knowing what it means to serve him and serve him well and love others and love others well. So keeping grace at the very center of this as we explore faith is really what we had in mind whenever we started this whole thing. And we've had a ton of different conversations and we've talked about a lot of different topics over, over the last three quarters of a year or so. Well, one of the things that I have been happy to hear from our audience is that even if they don't agree with many of the topics we're discussing or some of our conclusions on these topics, they, they appreciate the fact of how we're handling it. And that's something that has meant a lot to me because I always want to be very careful when I'm talking about Bible subjects, when we're talking about theology, we're, there, there's so many different layers and it's, I never want to oversimplify anything. And I always want to try to be kind. I also want to try to be courteous respectful to those who disagree with me on certain positions and still see them as a brother or sister in Christ, despite that. And so I want to make sure that we always do that, Lee, as you're talking about with grace. I want to show grace to other people. 
And while I am convicted on many matters and I'm not afraid to say what I'm convicted on, at the same time, I want people to know that my love for them is, is uh, greater and means more than uh, my conviction on, on these, these different doctrinal issues. And that should be what defines us more than anything is despite the fact that I may disagree with someone, we can still have fellowship. We can still be kind. We can still love one another. And, and that to me is, is the, the bigger narrative arc of our podcast is making sure that we're demonstrating the grace that, that we're talking about. Yeah, because it's one thing to talk about it and it's another thing to demonstrate it. Because if we were talking about grace this whole time and then wholesale condemning everybody that disagrees with us, you'd be condemning me and I'd be condemning you because there are still things you and I don't necessarily agree on in terms of details and in and in other things, but we still recognize one another as a servant of God, as a child of God. You are you are God's child. And because you are God's child, you are my brother. And I recognize that. I acknowledge that. And we still love each other. We still get along and we need all of us. And I say that in general, just in encompassing everyone who, who wears the name of Christian, we all need to do better about that. And that's hopefully something that Kevin and I have modeled in this, but in all the things that we have discussed, I know there have been some episodes that you have really liked. There have been episodes I've really liked. I love every episode that we've had, but there are some that stand a little higher than others, at least in my estimation. There are episodes that we have recorded that I have enjoyed and that I have liked more than others, even though I've liked all of them. And we're going to spend a little time discussing what those are. What were your favorite episodes that we talked about or the, your favorite topics that we approached in, over the last year? Man, there's so many. Uh, let me let me just think about it for a second because I think the the ones that I enjoyed the most are the ones that I learned from the most, and I, I really appreciated having Dennis Lamer Lamero on, and he he was awesome, is oh, awesome, yeah. and been able to continue a relationship with him after the podcast. I actually talked to him on the phone not too long ago, and. Then I wondered, am I paying extra for this because he doesn't live in America? So I still don't know. I'm waiting to get my bill because we talked for, for a long time. But <laughs> I told Bethany, I said, yeah, I just got on the phone with Dennis Limera. He said, oh, okay. I like, I said, it was great. I said, we talked for a long time. She said, he doesn't live in America, does he? I said, no. She said, well, I wonder how much how much that's going to cost. I said, I don't know. I said, I think we're covered. He He's in Canada, you know, close enough. But uh, but anyway, I thought that was really good, having him on to, to talk about science and to me, that was just so eye-opening, and to, that was something I had never studied much. That was a topic that, to be quite honest, I was really wasn't interested in, but to have him on the show, it, it made me interested in the topic, but it also helped me to understand how God operates in different ways, and it just showed me what I did not know and how I need to be open to hear what other people have to say, so I, I really... I really liked the episodes that that we did with him. Um, I also really liked the one that you did, your solo episode. I, I appreciated your honesty in that, where you got extremely real with everyone, talking about your your non belief for a while, your your struggle with uh, depression, uh, your, your thoughts of suicide, and just how you were very honest with that. Man, I thought that was a fantastic episode for people to hear, and, and just resonated with a lot of people. I know that there were a lot of of listeners who commented on that or, or contacted us personally and said how much they appreciate that. Uh, just the honesty there that you usually don't hear with a lot of Christians. So that was really good. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed going back to the beginning of some of the the lessons that we did. I, I really, really, really like the episode we did on the spirit of the law versus the, uh, the letter of the law or the intent of the law versus the letter of the law. I really enjoyed those. So those, those are probably be some of my top ones that we did. Well, I'm right there with you with Dennis Lamaru. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with him. And, and that reminds me, he emailed me a while back and I really need to email him back. He's, he's such just an honest guy. He's such a smart guy. And he has such a heart for Jesus. I mean, you can tell when you talk to him that that man lives and breathes a Christ-centered, grace-centered life. He is he is the real deal. And one of the things I appreciate with him is just how intelligent he is, but also how real he is with his faith and how genuine he is. Yeah. And he's, he's super humble. I mean, this is a dude with three doctorates, and he is so humble. He has so much humility. 
And he'll be the first to tell you that there's a lot he doesn't know. And I appreciate that because so many people tend to become arrogant whenever they begin to learn more. And whenever you, there are a lot of people who they, they learn a lot and they receive these accolades or they earn different accolades and they begin to look at themselves and place themselves on a higher pedestal than probably what they should. And you don't get that with Dennis at all. So those interviews we did with him, not to mention that he's one of my favorite authors and I absolutely love just about everything he's ever written. That was a big treat for me to be able to have him on and to be able to visit with him and talk to him even before we we went live and even afterwards, you know, we talked for an hour before and for an hour after. So that was that was a huge highlight for my year. Um I also really enjoyed the series we did on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. You know, we we got started with some of those earlier episodes, like what you talked about with the intent of the law and the letter of the law. And that was a good episode. But when we got into marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and we went deep and we dove deep into that subject, I really enjoyed that because that is a subject that I've been passionate about for a long time. You know, a lot of what we talked about, like whenever we talk about origins, that's one of those things. If you believe one way or you believe another way, it doesn't really affect your life all that much. It doesn't really make all that much difference. But you look at something like marriage, divorce and remarriage. This is a topic that depending on your scriptural perspective, you could wreck your own life. It could lead to destruction in other lives. And to be able to discuss that from a contextual perspective, even though those are the longest episodes that we have, we have some of those episodes that ran two and a half hours long, and we're making a concerted effort to keep our episodes around the one hour mark now. But I don't regret running long on those at all, man, because we needed to get deep into the weeds. We needed to go deep into the context. And we've received a lot of positive feedback on those episodes and the good that they've done other people. So that's why those remain near the top of my list. But I I think my absolute favorite episode that we did this year was the one we did on how to treat people you disagree with. I have gone back and I have listened to that episode. I listened to all of our episodes at least once just to just to see if there's anything I missed in post-production, if there's anything we need to clean up. That's one I've listened to probably four or five times. I think that's our best work as far as I'm concerned, because it's such an important topic. We, Whenever we disagree with someone, we tend to wrap up who we are with what we believe, and we have a hard time separating that out. And I mean that in general. I don't mean you and me. Yeah. But, but people, whenever they have a position or they have a worldview and they have something that they believe, they tie their identity to that thing. So when you disagree with what they believe, you're essentially not attacking their belief, so to speak. And you might not even be attacking their belief at all, but they view it as an attack on who they are because so much of their identity is tied up in what they believe. And people then tend to get defensive and then the conversation spirals. And before you know it, you're not having a conversation, you're having a fight. And, and and that doesn't lend itself to any kind of healthy growth or any kind of healthy discourse. It's something that should be avoided. And understanding that you are not the sum total of your beliefs, that they are separate from who you are if you allow them to be, that's a huge concept. And being able to recognize that we still owe respect and love to one another, even when we disagree, that's huge, man. That's a lesson that so many people need to be able to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that is so difficult. (laughs) So you said you'd listen to it several times and I have to constantly remind myself of that too, because I think both you and I have similar personalities and in, in so many different ways. And it's easy for me to get fired up very quickly if I'm not careful when I'm passionate about something. Me too, and, man. And, you know, sometimes that conviction can end up uh, being, I, I can lose my love and conviction and I can lose my grace and conviction if I'm not careful. And and that's why I always want to go back to that, that idea of grace and mercy. And while I'm convicted on any given topic, am I showing grace and love and mercy in the way that I'm explaining it, in the way that I'm living it, and in the way that I'm treating those who don't even agree with it. And that's that's what's so difficult, especially people who don't reciprocate it. It's easy if someone is respectful of me for me to be respectful. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's common sense. But when someone is is not, that's when it's so difficult. 
And yeah, the fact that we need to be kind and believe the best in those who disagree with us, it, it goes so far in not only a profitable conversation, but also in just being in control and calm yourself because you don't get lost in all those emotions. You're able to, to, to distance yourself and say, Hey, I understand why you believe what you believe. And here's what I believe. And and really this whole podcast has helped me over the years or over the year rather, uh, since we started doing it in April, it's really helped me change my understanding and approach to my responsibility to other people. Whereas even over the past five or six months, I really used to believe that it was my obligation to, for lack of better words, correct everyone <laughs> or or get them to see things the way I see it or to help them think more logically. I, I realized, well, number one, I'm wrong on a lot of stuff. I don't always think logically, <laughs> but also just to know that that's not my responsibility. All I can do is explain why I believe the way I believe, why I live the way I live, why I understand the things the way I understand it, and and let that be it. And if people see things the way I see it, that's great. If they don't, that's okay too, because that's their decision to make. It's not my decision to make for them. So letting go of, of trying to control other people and just controlling myself has really helped me a lot just throughout this podcast. It's helped me to realize that I don't need to try to always make sure that every single person who listens to me agrees with me because they're not. But what I do need to make sure is that I'm doing a good job or the best that I can at being clear with where I stand and being grace filled with how I'm explaining it. You see, I think you're further along in that than what I am because I still struggle with that too. That's why I listened to that episode like four or five times because in large part, if someone disagrees with me, it doesn't bother me that much on most things, but there are some topics like, like you have said, and like you just said that you get passionate about. And I still find myself kind of falling into that type of thinking and that mindset and that mentality. If it's something that I'm especially passionate about trying to convince them that your way of thinking about this is wrong. My way of thinking about this is better. I still do that now, man. And it was yeah. it, back whenever I was still really legalistic, it was really bad. And I know it was for you too. We've talked about that at length, but even then I still struggle with it. You know, whenever I think of origins, for example, that's something, you know, we had, we had several episodes on that. We had Dennis Lamaru come on to, to discuss it. That was a great conversation. But if I have a brother or a sister that disagrees with me on origins, if they take a literalist perspective on Genesis, that's fine. I don't care. They're still my brother. I still love them. I don't lose any respect for anyone that takes that view of things. I look at it differently. I do think that my view is the better view or I wouldn't hold it, but that doesn't disqualify someone or devalue someone in my own mind. But whenever you look at marriage, divorce and remarriage, that is such a hot topic for me because I have seen the effect that that misconstrual of what the scripture says has on people and that it's had on people's relationships. It's hard for me to not get fired up over that. And just really try to change someone's mind over that. You, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I really struggle with that still. It's getting better, but it's something that I would like to ask all of our listeners to pray for me about that I would get even better about it in the year to come. So it's it, it really is a challenge, though, especially whenever it's been ingrained into your DNA. It's so easy to fall back into those patterns. Yeah. And having people on who who disagree with us on different topics, I think, has been great at least for me it has, and I think it has for you too, because we've talked oh, yeah. about it, but just being able to to have people on, to say, tell us why you believe what you believe, and not always feel like I have to interrupt and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, what about this, what about this, what about this, what about this? I can't believe you believe that, but just to listen to what they have to say. So with that in mind, what positions are there that we have discussed on this podcast that you've changed on, if any? Man, I have changed on so many things. Now, <laughs> I haven't really changed on a lot of different positions. You know, a lot of this, for lack of a better term, spiritual evolution that, that I've gone through this year has been accelerated by this podcast and being able to have discussions with people and being more open-minded to what they have to say. Um, the things that we have discussed, there's a lot that we haven't discussed that that I've changed on, but 
some of the positions that we changed on one in particular is one that I know you were pretty passionate about. And I have really shifted my position on the fate of the wicked. I used to hold to that idea of eternal conscious torment. I preached on it. And after studying what we talked about in a little more detail, the idea of annihilation, it really does seem to be a more scriptural reading of, of the ultimate fate of the wicked. It really does. You know, all of the scriptures that you put out there about destruction, they'll be destroyed. And that finality that comes with that, it makes a lot more sense. And looking at the, at the detail of what they believed historically in the first century era and how eternal conscious torment really didn't become the prevailing doctrine until the middle ages, until Dante's Inferno, how that influenced, you know, the, the Christian mode of thought on that, that was really convincing for me. So that's, that's one position that I really did a complete 180 on just within a few weeks of that discussion that we had, as I studied more, I was like, well, you know, this makes more sense to me than the eternal conscious torment position does. Um, so that's, that's one place where, where my beliefs changed. Yeah. And we have discussed, we had David Artman on to discuss Christian universalism, which he did a great job. Really enjoyed having him on. Great guy. I, I'm I'm still not there yet. Uh, I'm I'm still an annihilationist. I, I believe that when you take the totality of what the Bible says about the wicked, and you look at not just the word perish or destroyed, but you look at the word death, and you look at all of the different uh, phrases and language that's used to describe the wicked. There'll be no more. They'll be cut off uh, from the land of the living. They they will they will uh, they will perish in the wind. It will be like the wheat, you know. That's uh, you know that that's here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, when you when you look at just everything and you put it together, just hard. It's hard for me to to come to the conclusion that somehow the the wicked are still going to continue on in any sense, much less saved. I hope they do, and we may be here a year from now, and I may have changed my position on this because uh, I'm still reading through. I've, I've read through his book, but I'm still wanting to do a lot more study on Christian universalism because I do think he had some very strong points. Uh, they, they, in my mind, were not strong enough to to persuade me to believe that uh, that it's true, but I do believe it's definitely a possibility, and I hope it's true. And the more that I dig into it, because I haven't studied Christian universalism a whole lot, other than just what David said on our podcast and me reading through his book, which when I read through something, that's different than me really taking my time to examine it. So I just read through his book quickly before we had him on our podcast, so I'd have a general idea of what he believed. But I really want to uh, to spend more time on that. But yeah, I, I'm still I'm still in that that camp of annihilationism that I think ultimately that the the, the those in Christ. Um, that they will have eternal life, and those those who who don't uh, have a relation with the Lord won't. And I, I do think God's grace will reach to places that we can't even begin to imagine, not just in our own lives, but the lives of others. And I think that's all going to be ultimately up to God. But yeah, I'm still there with with being an annihilationist, ultimately because of the the uh, immortality of the soul being conditional in a, in addition to what the Bible says about the wicked what the Bible says about the faithful, how they're the only ones who have immortality. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, one of the things, you know, you mentioned that discussion that we had with David Artman. That was, that was such a good discussion. And he, he really presented that case for Christian universalism in a really easy to follow way. It was yeah. really easy to follow what he had to say. We had some technical issues with that, with the second part of it, you know, like part of the mic cut out and there were some other things that happened, but, but it still was a good conversation. It ended up really, really good. But like, like you, I'm not there yet, but there's a part of me that hopes he's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a part of me that hopes that that yeah, is yeah, the I way it will right. be. Yeah. I mean, I'd yeah. love for that to be the way it is, but like you, I'm not really there yet. Um, you know, another position that, that I changed on is, you know, the idea of what the ultimate fate of the saved would be, you know, how do things look as far as eschatology goes? How do things look as far as end time studies go? You know, we had Daniel Rogers on, we talked about, um, preterism and, uh, preterism. Talked, no, no, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm saying it the redneck way, brother. 
I'm, I'm saying it the redneck way. We're gonna have us a preterism discussion. Yeah, preterism. <laughs> well, hey, it, hey it, shout, it, shout out to the guy who said uh, tell Lee to quit saying preterism. It's preterism. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, 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 let me say this. Let me say this. This is kind of an aside, but in school, there's a there's a term in anatomy and physiology referred to as afferentism and efferentism. And what it refers to is, is the flow of something. So if we take blood flow, for example, afferent or afferent blood flow, rather, is blood flow towards the heart. Efferent blood flow is blood flow away from the heart. So if something is afferent, it moves towards the structure in question. If it's efferent, it moves away from it. That's the appropriate pronunciation. But if you say it fast, it's hard to differentiate. So we say it the redneck way. Whenever I used to teach anatomy and physiology, I'd say it's either afferent or it's efferent. It's easier to know what's talking, what you're talking about. It's easier to differentiate it. So a lot of times when there's a short E sound, like in preterism, I sort of default psychologically to using that long E sound, <laughs> preterism. So I say it the redneck way. Hey, hey but, look, I, I say everything pretty much the wrong way and i misspeak all the time and half the time you say words i have to google search to figure out the meaning so i can have a conversation with you on air so it's all good oh, yeah. hey i love you anyway but that that conversation we had with dan that was a great conversation because i had always heard preterism i did it just for you you know who you are you know anytime i had ever had a conversation about preterism in the past it had always been vilified it was and I would ask, well, why do they believe that? Oh, well, they think Jesus already came back. They're being like Hymenaeus and Philetus. You know, they're they're going off on it and they're denigrating the position. And we really never discuss it, and I never really understood it. Daniel did a great job laying out the the preterist worldview of eschatology, and then we had Wes McAdams on to discuss the new heavens and the new earth. And both made a hugely compelling case. I, I think the strongest case that that Daniel made, and now I'm going to space on the, on the actual scripture reference, but it's the Matthew 24. Well, not, not Matthew 24, but the, the passage in Luke, what was it? Luke 14, Luke 19. What was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That there's that it'll happen in this generation. Yeah. And just got. how that flows. I thought that was the strongest point that Daniel made, but I found myself being a little more convinced by Wes's line of reasoning related to the new heavens and the new earth. That seemed to have a little more explanatory power to me than what the, the preterist perspective did. And I, I really think that's, that's more compelling. And to me, it makes more sense of the greater context of scripture. I find myself convinced of that new heaven and new earth perspective. Now I can't really articulate it very well yet because um, I haven't really dove into that as, as I did with annihilation, but it's something that I'm looking forward to studying in 2021 in a little more detail and fleshing out in a little more detail. I yeah. Thought, I thought Wes made a really good case for the new heavens and the new earth, the redemption of creation. And it's, it, I found it really compelling. Yeah, that's, that is eschatology is a topic that I honest to goodness do not have a, a, a real conviction on either way yet, because and then there's a guy who, who knows, he knows who he is. He's a good friend of mine. He's, he emails me and he's like, why are you not a preterist yet? It's, it's so clear in scripture. And, and I told him, I said, honest to goodness, I see good points, but I also see good points with the idea of the renewed creation. And, and even with other views, I think that there are some interesting points to consider. Uh, eschatology is a huge undertaking when, when you look at all the different views of the end times and when Jesus is going to return or if he has already returned and what heaven's going to look like and all those different things. But yeah, I, I think that both positions that we interviewed with, with not just Daniel, but also with, with Wes McAdams, I thought they both did a fantastic job, both grace centered individuals who believe what they believe without condemning each other. And I, I think it's a very valuable discussion. Uh, someone actually messaged me and said that they really appreciate the fact that we're having these competing views on with people or, or we're having people who believe competing views on our show. And we're actually letting them come on and give their defense. We're not just saying, let's examine this topic and we talk about it. We're actually having people who have really studied these topics in detail. This is what they're kind of known for. This is, this is more or less maybe their specialty, and they're able to come on 
and articulate it in a way that we never could and explain it and give reasons and arguments why they believe what they believe so you can hear it from the horse's mouth, so to say. And, and you're able to not just hear it filtered through us, but you're able to hear it from somebody who really believes it. And, and that way it brings a realness to it, but it also gives people a fair opportunity to hear of you. Whereas with most of the time when someone is just explaining of you, they're, may, they, they're not really convicted on it. They're not really attached to it. It's just, well, here's this view and here's why I believe it or here's why I don't believe it. But to have someone who really believes that view to come on and explain it, that's been a compliment. We, we hope to continue to do that in the following year by having different people come on who believe all sorts of different things on certain Bible verses. So you can hear competing views in your study. And we're doing that not to confuse anybody. We're doing that because this is reality. Good Christians, good, honest, sincere Christians understand the scriptures differently. And the more we can have honest conversation, the more we're going to be able to grow closer to one another and have that unity in spite of maybe some of our doctrinal differences. Instead of trying to isolate ourselves and our positions, let's bring them together. Let's discuss it. Let's be honest and and let's be fair to the other side. But yeah, on eschatology, I really don't know. I don't know where I stand. I'm just... You know, one guy, he said that I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct and diplomatic. I promise to goodness, you know, I'm not just trying to be politically correct. I really don't know where I stand. And uh, I I've, I say I'd rather be diplomatic than dogmatic any day uh, when it comes to these yeah, types of things. Yeah. Because I really, whenever I do take a position, I'm going to make sure that it is something that I really believe before I really plow ahead on it. And that's just one thing where personally I'm not there yet. I have changed, I would say... Almost, if not all the way, on the creation account and the Bible, and for sure the Bible and ancient science. I mean, I've definitely changed on recognizing that the Bible is not a science book. That that's that's fantastic. That that discussion is just. I mean, I I was just learning every second that you were talking, and when Dennis was talking, I mean, wow, it, it was just fantastic. It blew my mind to to learn all of those different things and really delve into the ancient Near Eastern literature and cultures of that time. And that really helped me in my new book, because even though I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time dealing with science, I am planning on at least writing a chapter about it. And uh, it, it really helped with sources on studying the ancient Near Eastern culture and people groups that helped really broaden my horizons on on how the Bible should be understood within its literary context. But that's something I've definitely changed on that that has helped me to not just understand creation better, but to understand the whole process of how God communicates and how he always accommodated throughout the Bible. That, that to me was just a huge key in, in unlocking a lot of things for me. Well, and I think that that's the biggest issue or the, the biggest takeaway that can be made from the whole origins discussion. To me, the idea of origins in and of itself, you know, whether you look at a, at a billion year worldview or you look at a 6,000 year worldview, whatever your perspective is on an ancient universe or relatively young universe, at its core of the discussion, and you just put it so beautifully, it's, it's not as much about the reality of how all things came to be as much as it's about how does God communicate with people? What is his purpose in communicating with people? What is the purpose of the Bible? What is the Bible? How do we interact with it? How do we approach it? How do we read it and read it well and read it like uh, someone who is genuinely seeking to know the will of God and recognizing literature, recognizing context and all of those things, that is such a huge component. And when we get caught up in whether or not it was six literal days and we start splitting hairs over, well, the sun didn't exist till the fourth day. So the first three days could have been epochs or eons of time, you know, however you want to look at it. Or, well, no, it says the evening in the morning, that was the first day. It, it, to me, we, we really kind of miss the boat whenever we make it about that and we don't look at what's really being presented, and that is the communication process that God has used through the Holy Spirit to reveal His will to mankind. Yeah, and to me, that's the bigger takeaway, you know. And and we could even relate it to like the story of Jonah. You know, we we get so focused on the whale or the fish, if you want to, if you prefer that terminology, and whether it was real, could God make a fish? Well, He did it miraculously, and this happened. Whenever there's more to that story, and that's something that maybe we'll get into in the next year is talking about Jonah. There's a lot of meat on those bones. But 
It's a lot of meat on that fish. You know what I'm saying? No, you better believe it, man. Can you imagine <laughs> catching a fish that big? That <laughs> hey, hey that, that that would be one of those stories. It was this big. No, it was this big. It was this big. So, <laughs> all right. So let, let's kind of move on to the final discussion or the the final point here we have as as we kind of conclude and just looking forward to 2021 to give people a little taste of what's coming as far as some different topics. Now, as always, we want to make sure we're talking about things you want to hear and not just to tickle your ears. I mean, subjects you want to hear covered. And that way we're always being beneficial, not to just ourselves so that we can hear ourselves talk, but that this can be beneficial to you as the audience. And so if there's anything that you think would be interesting to hear us cover or to bring somebody on our show to talk about. If you have any recommendations on someone who you believe would be interested in coming on our show to discuss a particular viewpoint, even if it's something we've already discussed and you think that they would be interested to have interesting to have too, let us know. The only thing we ask is that anybody who comes on our show, they just need to be respectful. Uh, they need to, if, if they do believe something that's different than what we believe or perhaps different than what is traditionally believed to uh, make sure that they're respectful of those who disagree with them and uh, as we try to do ourselves. And so that, that's pretty much the, the only requirement that we have for someone coming on our show. But aside from that, we do have topics that are, are already in, in queue to be discussed. And so, Lee, kind of let's let's talk about just a few of those things so that hopefully this will whet the appetite of our listeners a little bit. Well, one of them that we already kind of started down this road in a way when we went over Hebrews 10.25, and that's the concept of twisted scriptures, quote unquote. Um, there was a uh, preacher years ago, Carl Ketcherside, who was a member of the Non-Institutional Churches of Christ, and he was extremely dogmatic and extremely legalistic in his early years of preaching. And then over time, just, just to make a long story short, he ended up seeing the error in that mentality and he became much more of a ecumenist, I guess you would say, um, basically extending fellowship to other people that, that that particular branch of the churches of Christ wouldn't be known for extending fellowship to. And he ended up writing a great deal on exegesis, which is studying the Bible and drawing out from the scripture what's actually there instead of reading into it, which is eisegesis. And he wrote a book called The Twisted Scriptures, and I've read it. And Kevin, I know I, I sent you a copy. I know you've looked at it. We both really enjoy it. And we're not really going to be going through that book per se, but we are going to be taking a similar approach and looking at scriptures that have been used to proof text or supposedly prove a certain position, looking at the context, seeing what the merit is for the position that that text has been used to, to, to prove that, that position. But we're also going to be looking at what the context is. Does that text really prove that position or has it been twisted to fit that position to continue to support and promote the status quo. So that's one of the things we're going to be getting into. Um, the big one that's going to be on our list is something that we'll be covering um, later in the first quarter of this year is the concept of egalitarianism versus complementarianism. And some of you may know what those terms mean, and you may have heard that and thought, whoa, that's going to be a big one. For those of you that may not know what those terms mean, we're going to be discussing women's roles in the church. We're going to be talking about our women. To I, like be... them. I like them with uh, butter, women's roles. They're really good. <laughs> butter and honey, man. Women, you... women make really good cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls, man. Those are the best rolls ever. We're going we're but... to have women come on and tell us their best uh, roll recipe. It's going to be great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there are going to be people that are going to be mad about that one, baby. Now, why are you saying women are the only ones that can make rolls, oh, Kevin? Come on. All now, right. Let me be clear. We're Just talking kidding. about We're joking. Roles. Don't kill me. <laughs> We're talking about roles with one L. R-O-L-E-S. What is a woman's place or position within the church? Can a woman preach? Can she not preach? Can she teach? Can she not teach? That's going to be something that we're going to discuss, and I mm. think that's going to, I think that's going to be something that people are going to appreciate. It's going to be a good conversation, and I think our listeners will appreciate that. It, yeah, that we're on having be, a, a special guest on to discuss that topic. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be kind of heavy. That's going to be one of those that's going to probably engender a lot of animosity on some on some places, and probably a lot of support in others. It's something that a lot of people are passionate about. It's definitely something we need to talk about. 
Now, we're going to have some folks on. We're going to discuss legalism in a little more detail. Um, we have some other subjects in mind as well. Um, I know you had talked about having a friend of yours on who has struggled with homosexuality, and we're planning on discussing that topic in the next year. I know you had, we had talked about studying it this year and, this, and talking about it this year, but you and I both wanted to do more study on this idea, and we wanted to be sure that we were fair all the way around with this, even with people that may have a different perspective than we do. But that's something that we're wanting to get into as well. Yep, and we got. Uh, I'm just kind of reading off some of the things we have. We have we have cuss, cussing as <laughs> a topic we may be discussing a little bit. Uh, what the Bible has to say about words and how that uh, changes from culture to culture. That should be very interesting. Lee, I know you had done a little historical study on that, so that that'll be a a topic I think that will interest some folks. Just we're, we're wanting to talk, hit on stuff that maybe people don't really discuss. Um, you know, one thing that I want to do a whole episode on is is what I call the just in case mentality. And this usually is a symptom of someone who's struggling with legalism where they either don't do something or they do something just in case, not because they really are convicted on it, not because that they believe that faith is leading them to do it, but they're just so terrified if they don't do it or if they do it, then uh, they may not go to heaven. So they have what I call the just in case mentality where I'm going to do this just in case or just to be on the safe side. And, and I want to discuss, I want Lee and I to discuss why, why, why that whole mentality is not even biblical to begin with and uh, why that's a, a symptom of a much bigger problem of, of not really understanding the grace of God. Yeah, and I've always known that as the better safe than sorry mentality. Yeah. And, an example, and there may be some people hearing that that are listening like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And this is an example that I like to use is, you know, for a lot of people, they if you come from a churches of Christ background, most people and most churches within the churches of Christ tradition don't use instrumental music in their, in their singing, in their musical worship unto God. They don't use mechanical instruments. And there are some people whose perspectives have shifted on that. They don't believe that using instrumental music is a sin anymore, but they're afraid. What if I'm wrong about it? Well, you know, it, it might not be overtly a sin to use instrumental music, but I know it's safe to use acapella. So just in case, I'm just going to go ahead and still do acapella because that's the safe route. It's better safe than sorry. Yeah. And and that, that's kind of what we're going to get into. And another topic we're going to discuss is the use of instrumental music in worship unto God. And that's going to be a good discussion. That's going to be a really good discussion. And we may have a special guest for that one. We may not. We'll just have to see how the cookie crumbles on that one. Yeah, and that was a topic that I actually did a formal debate over uh, back in 2012 when I believed that it was wrong to use instrumental music to worship and praise God. And I, of course, have changed my view, changed my view a couple of years after the, having the debate because he brought up some things I had never heard of before and ended up doing a lot more in-depth research and study both on a, not just linguistically and historically, but just uh, looking at the scriptures through different lenses and how that's, that's been able to help me um, change a lot of my beliefs. And one of those being instrumental music. So if you're interested in that debate, you can actually see that debate. Un unfortunately, it's still on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, so if, if you want to see what I used to believe, but no longer believe and, and how I used to act, but believe is, is horrible behavior, you can go and watch how I behaved. But, uh, but yeah, that's going to be something that I think will be an interesting discussion for a lot of people too. So much of what I have changed on and Lee, I'm sure it's the same for you too, is it, it's predicated on the fact that I no longer read scripture the way I used to. Yes, I, my, my whole relationship with with the Bible has changed, and I, that is what uh, my new book is going to be about: "Blinded by the Bible: Rethinking Our Relationship with Scripture." And so, I'm sure there'll be a lot in 2021. We'll discuss parts of that book uh, as as I'm finishing up writing that. Well, actually, I still have a little ways to go on it, but I'm hoping that'll be out 2021. But so much of of these issues are. I don't want to use the word taken care of because that oversimplifies it, but so many of these issues become. They resolve either, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they almost become uh, the, the question no longer is even exists in the realm of, of the way that I now understand God and the way that I now understand scripture and how the Bible behaves and how the Bible operates and functions. 
And so to me, that is such a huge change in my whole ideology of just Christianity in general that I think it's important for people to understand that when 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 Lee and I talk about changing on these things, it may seem like we've changed on a whole lot. And we have because our foundation has changed. And when your foundation has changed, it usually changes everything. So this isn't just an issue change. Sometimes people say I've changed on a few issues. I haven't just changed on a few issues. My whole foundation has changed. The way I view God, the way I, I view people, the way I view the Bible, that has just changed drastically. And all that is predicated on the fact that I've changed how I now read the Bible because I believe the Bible shouldn't be treated as a Q&A uh, magic eight ball or a Christian constitution or policy of sorts. I believe it, it is something that is completely different that ultimately leads us to a Christocentric view and that we need to be looking to Jesus as our ultimate guide and interpreter and, and uh, leader. And so that does change the way we view a lot of different things. So we're going to get into uh, hermeneutics is usually the word that people uh, use. That's just the, the science of interpretation. So we'll probably discuss that a little bit too. But even that goes what we're talking what I'm talking about even goes further beyond hermeneutics because hermeneutics is still interpreting the Bible where I think we have to even go uh, we have to to get even broader than that and say how do we even view the Bible before we start yeah. inter yeah. you know because even when you're interpreting something you're already having some presuppositional ideas you know so if I'm going to a cookbook to interpret a recipe, I'm already assuming that I should be interpreting that a certain way. I'm already uh, assuming that that cookbook is written in such a way that does lend, lend itself to be interpreted so that I know how to cook something, right? So I already have a presupposition in mind. And so when people talk about hermeneutics, usually they're still on a that they're still within a framework of presupposing how the Bible should be handled. And I think first, before we even talk about hermeneutics, we have to say, okay, what about even before we get to how to interpret the Bible, why should the Bible have to be interpreted? And what is the Bible supposed to do? What is the objective of the Bible? All those different questions are just so important. In fact, I was uh, working on my book last night a little bit, and I recently had a conversation with a woman about following the Bible. And I have grown accustomed to no longer believing that the phrase following the Bible is a biblical uh, question or phrase or statement because nobody follows the Bible. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody follows the Bible. The Bible is is not a book to be followed. Um, I think that there are things in it that that we are to follow, but the Bible itself is is 66 books and letters. Most of them are, well, none of them are written directly to us. Most of them are written to specific situations and different people in different times for different reasons. And so that whole ideology of, well, we are to follow the Bible. We follow the Bible. No, you don't. You know, you don't follow the Bible. You're not building an ark right now because God said to do it. Uh, so we have to make sure that we're addressing and approaching the Bible and the the most culturally appropriate way that we possibly can. Well, and without veering too far off topic, I mean that gets even gets into the question: What does it mean to follow the Bible? Yeah. Because because I agree with what you just said about following the Bible, but at the same time, I still think Christians can follow the Bible. But we have to define what that means. We don't follow the Bible in the sense that we approach it with well, some do with strict wooden literalism <laughs> in in every yeah. sense of the word. But I think we can follow the Bible if we put those principles to work for us. And that's something that we'll get into whenever we whenever we dive into that topic. But in following the Bible, if we follow the example of Jesus and loving others and pursuing him, if we follow the example of the early church in giving to one another and to helping those that are less fortunate, if we follow the principles that are communicated in the scriptures of being a living sacrifice and sacrificing of ourselves, whether it's our fleshly desires or whether it's material possessions toward the good of others, in those senses, we're following the Bible. But even that word, you have to break that down and clarify what it means. So that that's going to be a great conversation. Um, yeah, another thing yeah. we're going to get into that I'm really looking forward to, this is going to be a great discussion. And the reason why, and it's been, you and I were talking a little bit about this before we got started. It's, it's been kind of hard for me not to be bitter. And I think that it, it speaks to some growth that I've been able to experience and that I'm really not harboring bitterness. I, I did it first, but I've been able to let it go. I've been able to move past it is the question, what is a false teacher? Because yeah, and what you have down here too. Yeah. Yeah. I've, that's why I've got here. I was like, well, Kevin Pendergrass, for example, he's a false teacher. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go ahead and just be completely open about it. 
whenever way back in the infancy of this podcast, when we were just a few episodes in, we weren't even, I think five episodes into it yet. I had some well-meaning brethren within our branch of the churches of Christ within that one cup, no Sunday school branch come to me and they expressed some concern that we were, that I was even having this podcast and that you were my co-host. And I've had some people kind of, kind of take me to task on Facebook in a couple of posts about having a podcast or hosting a podcast with a false teacher. You know, Kevin is a false teacher because he doesn't believe X, Y, Z. And that got me thinking, well, what is a false teacher? You know, am I a false teacher? Because if you take that and run with it, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. So, so that's one of the things we're going to discuss. What is a false teacher in the biblical sense? What is a false teacher, contextually speaking? I'm really looking forward to that one. We're going to be talking about tithing. We're going to be talking about God and money. Whenever we talked about um, Hebrews 10:25, and we talked about the institutional church, especially in the Q and A. We talk quite a bit about the money that's used within the church. So we're going to be discussing that. That's going to be a good discussion. We we have a lot in the works, but that's just kind of what we have and we know we're going to be discussing in the year to come. And there are going to be other things too. We're, we're not limiting ourselves to just this list because you guys reach out to us on a regular basis. Our listeners are always giving us feedback and asking questions. And like Kevin said, we want to talk about what you guys want to hear about. We want to have discussions that interest you. You know, Kevin and I could sit down and we could talk about, you know, do a full expose and evaluation of Calvinism versus Arminianism versus Molinism versus Pelagianism. And you guys are, some of you might be interested in that, but a lot of you would be bored to tears on that. So we want to talk about things that interest our listeners, things that concern our listeners. You know, what is it that you guys are struggling with? What are the questions that that you guys out there in podcast land have had that we can dive into, that we can answer, that we can explore together? You know, and, and that's another thing I want to make clear. You know, Kevin and I are not authorities on this. There are things that we have studied that we feel like we have a good command of the subject matter. And there are other things it's like, man, I just don't know. And that's when we reach out to others to have on as guests. But we're really looking forward to what the new year is going to bring. I think it, I think 2021 is going to be a great year for us. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it. Can't wait. So you guys stay tuned. If anything that you heard interests you, we look forward to being able to meet those expectations. If there's anything you would like for us to discuss in this year to come. 2020 has been a rough year. We're hoping 2021 is better. I'm confident that it will be. Um, but we want to have these discussions and we want to talk about things that interest you. So if there's anything you want us to add to the list, reach out to us, email us, shoot us a message on social media. If you know how to get in touch with us or contact us, reach out. We'd love to discuss these things. We, we enjoy this. Kevin and I love it. It's something that we've both got a lot out of, and we hope you guys have got as much out of it as we have had putting it on. It's been a great year. We're looking forward to the year to come. Help us grow this. Share our podcast with your friends, share it on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media thing you like to do. The kids use the TikTok nowadays. I don't even know what it is. I'm turning into an out of touch old man, but share our podcast. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. That is huge. That helps us build our audience. We love all of you. We look forward to discussing these things in the year to come, and we hope we do them justice. In the meantime, Stay safe, God bless, and we'll see you all soon.